Hi everyone, today we are going to talk with Alessandra. So welcome to another Trick Talk and I can't wait for her to join and speak with her. So we'll give her a few minutes. Hello everyone who is joining. I have a request. Hi, Barbara. Hi, thank you so much for coming. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I am good, just a bit nervous because I've never done one of these. Um, <laughs> it's just strange to look and at the same time kind of like see myself and mm -hmm. realize that other people are watching. <laughs> but I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited yeah. to speak with you and, and learn more about you and your trick. Are you ready to get started? Yes, I am. <laughs> So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, when your trick started and how it's progressed over time for you? Sure. Um, so it started when I was about seven years old. So quite early on, actually. Um, and it started on my eyelashes and my eyebrows. Um, it was like um, all or nothing situation when it started. Mm -hmm. so it was like one day, you know, I had them all and then you know, I think it's kind of the same. I don't know, maybe for everyone with this kind of thing that it's hard to pinpoint like why it started or what causes it. And I feel like it's our lifelong search mm -hmm. to kind of like understand what caused it to start. But um, yeah, so when I was seven and I basically one day I like pulled one and I felt such a release. And then the next day, they were all gone and same with my eyebrows. So I think it was my, I was in second grade. Um, so yeah, that's when I started. So it's been now 21 years. Mm -hmm. So it's like a whole person who can drink. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's been a long journey. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna talk about it, how it kind of developed. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah. So when you first started pulling, how did your parents react? What was like their initial reaction, I guess you'd say? Well, as I said, I don't have a lot of memories about that, mm -hmm. actually. Um, I remember that it was kind of like, you know, I, I think it's maybe it can be easy in this situation to kind of blame the adults around mm -hmm. you in your life because you expect kind of like to be helped, which is understandable, but... Uh, not not necessarily everyone is equipped to do that. So I felt like it was seen as something that was just kind of happening. Mm -hmm. um, as something that I would grow out of, kind of. So um, it wasn't like a big thing. I don't mm -hmm. remember it. I don't remember like being asked like, you know, why are you doing this or what's going on? But I'm sure it happened. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's hard to to remember those those mm. those things and me um, i work a lot with meditation and i really try to pull out the memories from those times so it, it wasn't like a, a big thing i must say mm. um in my family i think like yeah it was seen like yeah she's gonna grow out of it like it's gonna go away it's some it's a phase you know something like mm -hmm. that so yeah. now when did you learn about the name trichotillomania was oh. it kind of right away or much later? Or? Oh my God, no. 
I was in university actually. Um, <laughs> I think it was my first year of university. Um, yeah, so it was a long time after I, you know, I'd been doing this and it, it was so strange. I don't remember how, I, you know, because it was when we were teenagers, we didn't have like Instagram and right. Facebook and all these things. And what am I going to do? Go to like, I don't know, a medical journal. Mm -hmm. So it, it was really hard because I'm sure you, you share this feeling of kind of like thinking, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Am I the only person who's doing this? You know, so... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely such a relief to actually uh, discover that because obviously it makes you feel like you're part of a community and also, you know, it gives you a reason like or, or an explanation as to why this is happening. So mm -hmm. it was great. Yeah, it, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you always been, I know that you have pulled since you were seven. Have you had years where you haven't, you know, pulled less or didn't, you know, stopped for a little bit? Actually, yes. I did and it was just one year um, so my eyebrows I actually stopped I mean now I don't have anything on my eyebrows uh, I actually stopped around um, I mean I have never stopped I still pull my eyebrows but it's kind of like just on the outside mm -hmm. and I can kind of keep it under control so I stopped it around the first year of high school just because I, I really couldn't I just couldn't see the like, it was, I don't know, too much of a shock. And I was never able to do the whole growing thing. It was a disaster. So um, I stopped one year um, pulling my eyelashes. Actually, this happened when I was doing my postgraduate. And I was living in Shanghai. Um, and I honestly don't know why. I, I know that it was a very happy year of my life. Um, and maybe you, this happened to you as well. It was kind of like the year when I started up accepting myself in a way for how it was and accepting like the, the trichotillomania as a whole thing. And it was kind of like when I started. So after I finished my bachelor, it was the time when I actually started talking about it. When I was <laughs> like, you know what? Like, this is me. I can't. Like, and I think that I was trying to... I really tried to change how I was like, because I am very empathic, like I'm a very sensitive person. And I've, during my middle school and high school, I always tried to look really tough and strong. And I, I didn't want anybody to know about this. And I didn't talk about this with anyone. Mm. My friends knew, but I never talked about it. But then after my bachelor, I was like, okay, but that's it, I'm done. I was in China, you know, nobody knew me. I was like, knew me, but actually old me, like real me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so it was that that year and I was still pulling you know now and then but um I had most of my eyelashes and you know it was awesome but then on another level and I don't know if this happened to you actually it's quite would be interesting to know it's kind of a bit annoying because when you're are used to not having eyelashes and you see them you're like that's like <laughs> But yeah, that was the only time. And then I actually managed. Now it's different because I have periods where I can have them for a longer time. Like uh, this summer, for example, I had like almost a full set for like mm. a couple of months. And then, well, clearly with the pandemic and everything that's going on, you know, it hasn't mm -hmm. helped. Um, but um, yeah, that was the only time. So yeah. you say you, you didn't tell, you didn't really want to tell people. And I, I felt similarly 
in high school. Did you do anything to kind of mask it? You know, I wore like fake glasses at the time. I need them now, but I, they, I didn't have prescriptions and I would try to draw on the eyebrows. Were there any things that you did to try to like, you know, take the attention away? Yeah, definitely. So actually I was lucky enough in this sense to have been wearing um, eyeglasses uh, glasses since I was five years old. <laughs> so that that was good. And, you know, glasses are really great because they do. And also they not only because you want to hide, but also because they actually protect your eyes from, you know, what the eyelashes are supposed to do. So dust and all the things that can go into your eyes. And then I used to draw like just the I would never do like full eye makeup. I, I don't really do makeup. I'm not good. Um, but I would draw like a line and it was just awful because like it was just this line there. <laughs> and I have never worn false lashes actually. Never. Mm. Uh, because I just, oh God, I just can't be bothered. Like it's, I just feel like I would be thinking about it the whole time. You know, and like, oh my God, what if they fall off? And so I, I have never tried it. Actually, I've, I've been watching all of your, you know, your trick talks. And I'm like, how do these girls just make them look so perfect? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> yeah, well, I have, now there's a glue that dries black. So like, I have fake ones on right now. Yours are and amazing. Thanks. I, it's just the glue. It's, I just put the glue on like I would makeup and stick them on. And I will sleep in them. And they really? won't fall off. Yeah. So you definitely need to share these things with me. Okay. <laughs> because, because I've been thinking about it. And, you know, now, you know, we're not going to work and everything. But, you know, especially on the days where I had meetings at work, I would be like very self-conscious because actually it happened to me, as I'm sure it happened to you. If you don't wear anything, people come up to you like, where are your lashes? Mm -hmm. I just left it at home today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And here, you know, there are so many people, even without trichotillomania, especially where I live, that they love every woman is wearing fake eyelashes. And so when I started to do that, no one had any idea that I had at yeah. no real one. So they just thought, oh, look, you know, she's joining the, the craze of, you know, having these yeah. false eyelashes. But and I love them. I mean, I do find that this focus on eyelashes in, this, in society is a bit, is a bit unsettling for me. It's like, oh my God, there's this thing that, everyone like your even natural eyelashes are just not enough anymore like you mm -hmm. need to have fake eyelashes on top of your eyelashes and then you need to it's just you know it's unachievable all the time you just like set the bar higher and higher and it's like this just makes so many people not just people with trick but people who might have alopecia or you know chemo mm -hmm. like it's just it's too much in a way, but, but I also understand that there is nothing wrong with wanting, you know, to have that. Mm -hmm. Like if, if it makes you feel good, why not? But I feel like this, there is a lot of focus and it's, it's quite a lot actually. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Because now it's like the super long hair and then the super long eyelashes, the thick eyebrows. And it's like, wait, some of these things I can't actually, you know, have, I can't, I, I stopped pulling my eyebrows out a long time ago, but they're just, naturally thin they will not get any bushier yeah i'm like you know what am i supposed to do i'm just gonna accept that but yeah i do like the idea that because there are those trends um of people who actually will shave their eyebrow to to like you know draw on yeah a thicker one even if they don't have trick i do like that for the people that um have trick so that if they want to do that hey there's that opportunity to kind of 
do what you want to do, but also not have to explain. It's just a, a beauty trend at the time. Yes, that is it's like double-edged. Sword. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, but it's actually it's true. And actually, I mean, for me, um, well, I've never like shaved my eyebrows, but I it's quite cathartic for me. Like um, when I find that I, my eyelashes are growing, and you know, I can I can touch them, and maybe like whatever I'm doing, I feel like I I reach for my lids, no? And mm -hmm. it's like a constant thing. So sometimes, and I mean, this is not a solution, but I would just pull them all off because I don't want to be constantly touching my eyes, like my eyelids. It's just not possible to live like that. And I find there are really days when that's all I do. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's where you really see, you know, the issues I feel for me, like, I don't want to have them. Like, I'd rather just start blank Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's something that you maybe do as well or other people that are you know following us it would be interesting to know as well but yeah I for yeah. me something that but I'd rather have nothing because some that are long and some that are small and blank spots that drives me oh up. my god that just that cannot happen <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately that's how they grow like it's not like they grow all the same length mm -hmm. and that would be amazing but yeah yeah, I at one point I um I actually like cut them. I had a section that was like no, like really long, natural, and some growing in, and I was like, you know what? I need to cut these to match, or they're gonna yeah. go. I have to keep them somehow, but I need to cut them because yeah. And and that is actually something that I work with a lot. I'm trying because um, as you know, I'm I'm a yoga teacher, and I I focus you know, on um, yoga for anxiety and kind of like yoga for addictions. Um, so this kind of need to really even everything out, to kind of have everything clean and good and kind of perfect, you know, uh, it's very much like a way that I myself have, and I think it's quite common to, to kind of like try and be in control of things because there are so little things that we can control so few things that we can control sorry but english is obviously not my first language so i might make some mistakes um so a few things that we can control so it's um i feel like you know i feel like i have complete control over my lashes and over my face and this kind of things and it's kind of like a way to gain that power back mm -hmm. to really have that control back in in our life and, but it's actually not controlling anything. It's actually just kind of making it worse. So, mm -hmm. but I, but I do understand that. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big part of it. I feel. What started your yoga journey? Have you always been interested in yoga and then wanted to become a teacher? How did that start for you? Um, no, I haven't. I hadn't always wanted to be a teacher. I, I've always danced i've always done a lot of dancing so i've always been very flexible i'm actually hyper flexible so my joints do all sorts of weird stuff um so i've always found it very easy in a way to do a lot of those you know big splits and stuff like mm -hmm. that so it was kind of rewarding because it was like i'm good at this <laughs> but then then i stopped dancing because i moved away from italy i actually went to the us for a year um in high school as an exchange student so i didn't do that then and then I moved to college and then I went to China, etc. So um, I kind of stopped dancing and I realized that actually like my joints were kind of painful. Like I had pain in my hips, in my knees and I still do. Uh, so I had to do something to really build strength 
I really wanted to build strength in my muscles. And I, I discovered yoga when I first was in China. Um, and then uh, as I moved to London, uh, I found this amazing studio, which is just like, oh my God, my, one of my favorite places, honestly, which is um, it's called Doing Power Yoga is where I did my training. And then um, it just kept on going. And I, I really, I find so much solace and comfort in, in my practice and in, in actually being able to share it because, you know, our minds, like everybody's minds, but I feel like with this thing, it's like, you know, sometimes I just go, you know, a bit crazy and I do need to, to, to kind of like find ways to, to calm myself down. And also that, yeah so anyway now I'm, I, I don't get me started because i could talk for like three days but um <laughs> so i've been teaching for like about four or five months so it's quite fresh and i do teach uh bfrb yoga class um it's mainly obviously for people who are in the uk because of the time um but it's been a little bit of a group it's like four or five of us and it's been really amazing because um i focus on a lot of breathing exercises like meditation and movement and it's 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 so lovely like it's such a safe space and you know as what we're doing here and what you have been doing with your book and all the amazing things that you you've done it's okay. when you share that space it's it's amazing and at the end of the day we are the people who are talking about this you know before mm -hmm. us like this is the time so mm -hmm. it's great to be doing this yeah Definitely. when did you first meet someone else with a bfrb meet in real life or... well we could do both maybe meet online and then meet in real life so meet in real life no one yet Mm -hmm. um actually this is i mean no one that i know you know mm -hmm. it, it could be people how can you tell if someone has a wig like i have no mm -hmm. idea but uh, now this group they're in london but obviously we're practicing on zoom because of, mm -hmm. the, of the pandemic so um, i hope i get to meet them soon <laughs> but but yeah the first time i i think the first time i got to know let's say like of a real person let's mm. say having this is when I probably when I started searching on Instagram um, and actually I think that the first page I found uh, was Jennifer uh, trick tricks mm. um, and then through her I just kind of like discovered a bunch of people and I realized oh my god there's such a community out there I need to like get in on this <laughs> and so actually so before I had another profile, which was actually my personal profile. And I had never, never talked about this. Like, I honestly, I never talk about this, even with my friends. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like people really come to you and ask you, what is it, what is it like to live with this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's like, yeah, it, it's quite strange how open I can be. And then I created this profile, the yoga trick, and I only created it last year in April so that that's the time when I actually started talking about it it was kind of like my coming out you know yeah I, I put this post and I was like and I just wanted everyone to follow me I went and looked for all like the people who were in middle school and high school with me and I just kind of like wanted everyone to know yeah and uh, and then I came in contact you know with, with the people on Instagram and with the community and you know people like yourself so yeah so I would say in the last year 
which well, is quite late, actually. I think. Well, you know, it just is amazing to hear that you know you didn't want to talk about it for a long time, and then you you make the decision. You're like, you know what, I want to, and then you want everyone to know. You know that is so powerful because look at how your journey has come to yeah. this. Like, hey, it's me, it's me now. Yeah, and I want you to know. I don't know if it happened the same to you. I mean, obviously you published the book, so you you might you probably have been through this journey much longer. Um, I'm not. I don't know if it happened for you like overnight, in a way. Well, you know, I was like, how old was I in 2018? I was 27, and then I, in 27, um, when I was 27 in 2018, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm gonna tell people. But at first you know, on the Trickster Diaries, this page, I was anonymous. Like, I wouldn't even say my first mm -hmm. name. I wouldn't say anything. I, like, didn't want to be um, known yet. And then, you know, months and months go by, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say who I am. Because the goal was to write the book, and so I knew I had to kind of get to that point where I was comfortable with everybody knowing. Yeah. Um, but I let myself take my time. You know, I was just like, let's have things come naturally. I didn't feel any pressure to say who I was right away. It all kind of fell into place when my heart was ready, you know? That's really good, yeah. I feel like in a way, like subconsciously, we, we build to this, up to this point. Like, it's kind of like, a, you just get so tired of, of hiding in a way. And you're just like, for me, it was like that. I really felt like when I found yoga, I started realizing something that I always known inside of me, which is like, I can't, live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to change something because, you know, I can't just carry this inside of me. And at the end of the day, the fact that you know that you're doing this to yourself, that is the worst part. And you're like, okay, I can do something bad to myself, mm -hmm. but I can also take action and take steps towards trying to, to find a solution or to, to make the best out of this, you know, to turn mm -hmm. this into a good thing in a way. So... I think that's kind of the journey that, that we go through. And some people get, get to it much younger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm hoping like, you know, having these conversations with other tricksters, you know, I'll be 30 this year. And it took me a long time to get to the to point in my life where I'm just myself now and, and open about trichotillomania. Because, you know, when we were younger, I didn't really hear anything about it. Maybe on a reality TV show one time. Um, and so I'm hoping that, in publishing the book and having conversations, just spreading awareness on social media, the younger generation, they know sooner than we knew that we weren't alone. They were able to have those relationships yes. that we have now, which I'm so thankful for, but yeah. would have really liked back then too. It may, it, 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 it's really amazing. Like at the end of the day, as you, obviously, you know, with the internet, and now I sound like my mom with the internet, but <laughs> like, you know, of course there are like, infinite possibilities of, of the things that you can just go and google and they, they can give you comfort straight away like this this is amazing this is so powerful and just the fact that you know that there are other people like you in a way it's like it can bring so much love and so much more self-compassion but i mean i i do feel like and i and now i have like um, i feel like we're so important but you know it's great what we're doing here now because we are doing it for the younger people who, for ourselves, first of all, but also for the younger people who, who battle this. And I feel like it's important to see that there are real women and men, but mm -hmm. this, this thing is more common among, amongst women, 
research mm. says, but that you know that you can just be yourself and and be open about it and just live your life and not have this constant shame on you. Mm -hmm. So I I think this is amazing, and I mean, what you do it you do it amazing, and and I mean, you wrote a book. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's quite powerful. I'm I'm quite proud of us <laughs> and everyone. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, I, I bet, you know, our younger selves probably didn't know that this would happen, that we would be on an app, first of all, like live streaming, but yeah. talking about something that we hid for a really long time, that maybe, you know, at, I, I kind of always thought I would never talk about it. And then one day I switched over and I just don't know why, but, you know, I just did. But, you know, thinking to myself, oh, I'll never really open up about this and now it's like all I want to talk about like like this from one day to the other and but because you know I feel like it's a bit like you know you get hit like you're like oh my god yes I want to talk about it and you feel like just lifts mm -hmm. off you and at the end of the day you know it's and connection you know mm -hmm. I talk about connection all the time because I'm obsessed with it but it's like of course we are like social animals we mm -hmm. need to connect and it, connecting releases so many good hormones into our body, into our nervous system. Like, it's so good for us. So, mm -hmm. yes, we need to absolutely do it. And we need to share. And I always share. I always say that by sharing, we can heal. Because as we can, healing happens in a community. You mm -hmm. know, community creates a safe space for us to really go deep into ourselves and really, you know, really feel safe to do that and to see it to say like okay like this is what's going on i'm mm -hmm. not the only crazy sorry i don't mean to say crazy but it's like you know yeah i know Jean. yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'm not the only person who's doing this and mm -hmm. it it creates safety and it promotes a healthy way to dealing with things this is how i feel of course you know there's therapy and there's a million of things out there that one can do but i really feel connection and community can bring mm -hmm. some comfort to to us and well, it's like, also when you're, when you are younger, even in your teens, twenties, whenever you do something and you're like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. And then you, you're so scared to share it. And then when you do, you're like, oh wait, you, you too, you know, you have <laughs> thoughts or you, uh, oh, you know, cause you feel alone. You're like, I'm the worst, but really it's like, we all have, we all have something that. Yeah. Totally. I, I, yeah, I, it's, it's totally the case because I don't know why it makes yeah, it makes us feel better when we know that someone else is also doing it. So, as I say, yeah, it, it, it is all about community, I feel. And um, also, you know, talking to someone who actually knows how you feel. Mm -hmm. Because how can someone else know how, how, it, how it is to... Mm -hmm. I feel that this is really the most painful thing when you think I'm doing it to myself. And sometimes I feel like... And some days I would feel like I have no control or willpower to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, I, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but I should have because I do it on my legs a lot. Mm. Um, it's the only part of my body where I do it on my legs. And in the summer is just really, really bad because, you know, you're supposed to shave. Mm -hmm. Women are not supposed to have hair. I don't shave much, but when I shave and then you get those ingrown hairs, I really go mm -hmm. in there with tweezers and I actually use needle a lot, mm -hmm. which is not good. And I actually have a lot 
of marks on my skin like I barely ever wear shorts because like my my shins is is really bad like I have a lot of cuts and stuff because mm -hmm. they just get a lot of ingrown hairs and in the summer you know you see your legs a lot because you know you're wearing shorts at home and so yeah it's, it's hard when you when you see that you do that to yourself and you're like my god like and mm -hmm. someone else who doesn't have that they might have another million problems but not this specific one is is hard to to appreciate that kind of like i'm really hurting myself and i feel like you know for example i, I compare this a lot with alcohol people who really like to go out not alcoholics but the way our society deals with alcohol for example mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, drinking is cool. Like, even though I'm, like, hungover twice a week and I feel really bad, or I smoke cigarettes, for example. Everybody knows smoking is bad. But mm -hmm. people don't have that shame, you know? Mm -hmm. So why, why is it that I see people smoking all the time and they're, like, super cool about it? And even though they're literally, like, killing their lungs, mm -hmm. but me, then I'm just, you know, you know, taking out my hinger and ears and doing this. I have such a shame connected to it. Mm -hmm. Like, Why? So mm -hmm. we have that shame, I feel like, that is really unique in a way. Oh, I would definitely agree. I think it's, you know, it's that cycle of, you know, I want to do it. I pull it out. I feel good. Oh, why did I do it? Now I have to do it again. Now, uh, And it's like constantly over and over. And it's like, what? Like, what am I doing? You know, my hands are so, like, they'll get, like, you know, the indents that hurt so bad, but I can't. I know uh, that. My nail bed has changed over the years in my index. It's actually lowered this because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's insane. I mean, there are so many things connected to it that at the beginning or when I was younger, I, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. And actually, I realize so many things now. And it's like, it's just connected. And because we as women, you know, we want to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we want to look good, like, not just women, but any person is like, I, I will try to do my best to look and feel my best, mm -hmm. right? And you see like all of this stuff on Instagram and everyone makeup and working out and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, so why am I doing this? Just mm -hmm. make myself feel worse and look worse in a way because I mean, I look better with eyelashes. I mean, there's no arguing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's really hard to deal with that. It's like, I really want to love myself, but I am, I have this thing inside of me and I need to make this pain go away. And this mm -hmm. is what I do. So it's, it's a battle. It's like a constant battle. Yeah. Well, especially because you are physically altering your appearance. So, yeah. you know, you might, you're looking in the mirror, like, I love this person. And then the next day you look completely different it's hard to love yourself when you don't look like yourself most of the time you're always different you know so that is like a struggle that um you know i definitely faced as well one day i look like this the next day i look like this how do i show the same amount of love when i sometimes look and i'm like ugh, what did i do you know yeah and and, and that phase is, is really bad like the day after pulling episode is really i mean i used to have a lot of panic attacks whenever i had a pulling episode i don't know if this is a common thing or not um but it was really really a strong reaction of my of my nervous system going like oh my god like we need to like get out of here this is like 
unsafe we need to create safety rebalance but it was it was automatic like i would pull and in the night or in the evening i would have a panic attack now this has improved mm-hmm. a lot but still like after pulling episode i am just in a state and it's actually two things either a state of like desperation or it's like mm-hmm. oh my god what am i gonna do with my life or in an, in the opposite like i don't care about it one bit mm. which never lasts long because then you always end up in the kind of state of desperation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but and actually when i feel like i don't care that triggers me even more because it's like oh my god i don't even care anymore that i've just done this mm-hmm. what does that say about me you know it's yeah but i feel like really the ne- the next day after an episode is um, is really really bad Now I want to talk about your the breathing exercises that you do for the BFRB yoga. Can you tell us, you know, a little bit more about that and also has that helped you maybe not even lessen the urges but feel um, you know, better? Yeah, sure. Um so um I want to say first of all like I'm not a therapist. I'm not like a doctor or anything like that. Um I just I practice myself and I I teach what but I see that kind of like works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now in the realm of yoga, like there's this part called pranayama, which is breath work. Um, prana is this vital energy that is inside of us. Um, it's called like the breath of energy or the vital breath. Um, and the breath has an amazing, amazing effect on our nervous system. So, um, you know, when, when I say yoga people think about asana everybody thinks about the movement about you have to be super flexible you have to do this and that which is is not true is not true at all like yoga can be just breathing actually yoga can be meditation actually the purest form of, of yoga the way that yoga was born it was actually as a meditation practice first and then only in 1400 asana was added to it and so breath work and is actually so powerful and everyone can do it now um there are so many breathing techniques like so 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 many and um you know there are people who are really really focused on doing this for example just a really famous one like wim hof method you know the iceman for example they do really quite extreme breathing techniques but the the reason why breathing and breath work is so amazing is because when we breathe basically so just in kind of short when we pull our lashes or hair or you know however we act in this case for trichotillomania we choose to to do that it's because we go into a state of like emotional pain so we go back into our child mind basically so this is this happens because we have some trauma in our body most of everyone has some stored trauma and this can come down from the lineage like of your family from your mother or something that happened it can even be like birth trauma for example i was in an incubator for about a week when i was born um and that that is considered trauma because you're taking away from you know the safe space and you're left there without anyone and now research has shown that that can also create trauma so even when i said but i started pulling when i was seven, how can i have trauma you can kids can have trauma and so when we when we reach for eyelashes or for hair it's because this is the coping mechanism that we have developed 
to deal with that pain that we have inside of us. And it's not that we say, oh my God, I'm in pain, I'm gonna pull my lashes. No, the pain is, is something that ha happens in, in our subconscious. So we, mm -hmm. you know, the work that I've done is try to figure out where is that pain coming from? That is really important work. And that is work that you can do with your therapist or that you can do journaling and, you know, it's, well, I'm not gonna talk about that, well, then we can maybe talk about that another time. <laughs> but this is why, so we are in a state of stress. So we are in this, in this state of pain. Uh, it's like where we go back when you were a child. So our nervous system releases the stress hormones, right? So cortisol, adrenaline, we are in this state of stress and we feel unsafe. So we use pulling as our coping mechanism because it's familiar, because it makes mm -hmm. us feel safe. So what breath work does, by manipulating our breath, we can actually change the state we are in. So we can move from a, um, the stress response state, we can then activate our rest and digest nervous system, and we can release like happy hormones. So the opposite of stress hormones like endorphin, uh, serotonin, mm -hmm. dopamine, and now different exercises release different uh, hormones. This is just high level. So um, the simple, simple thing that I do actually, and I mean, first thing is awareness. Sometimes I find myself doing it and I didn't realize that this whole thing was happening. Other times I feel like I can almost recognize when it's about to happen. And, I, and then it's where I have the power in a way. Mm -hmm. So the, the, first, the, the, the two things that I really do, simple, simple thing, is I stretch. Because by stretching, you open up your chest and you go and work on your lower body where we can find the vagus nerve, which is like the longest nerve in our body. It starts in our lower back and it goes all the way up to our brain. And by stretching, you release good hormones, okay? So that really changes. When I open up my chest and I look up, I feel like that is an instant release. Breath work, one thing that really simple is just sitting down wherever you are, even if you're at work, and really like either you put your hands together, or you can place your hands on your thighs, closing your eyes, breathing in from the nose and out from the nose, and try to elongate the exhale. And, and really just try to take deep breaths. You don't even have to do anything specific. It's just like really connecting with your breath. And just doing that, you know, it will, it will calm you down. Now, this is not like a medicine or a prescription, you know, it's not like, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. But breathing can definitely calm you down. And there are some more advanced breathing techniques that can actually have the opposite effect. You can actually get hyperventilating. And it happened to me at the beginning mm -hmm. when I started doing breath work, I was hyperventilating so much because I was in such a state of anxiety and stress all the time, even if I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. So it took me a few months to get to a place where I can now like do breath work and not freak out. <laughs> Um, so I teach, I teach very simple, basic breathwork techniques in my classes. And um, the most important thing that I want people to do is to really 
get back into their bodies because when we are in this state of pain we try anything not to be in our body or like uh, not to be in our head because mm -hmm. we feel we don't want to feel this pain we want to get out of our head so and our body but actually the important thing is to be present to reconnect to our body and to really observe what's happening and it is painful yes of course but you know both things are painful in a way and then mm -hmm. yeah just really really rebuild that relationship and really go deep and and observe what's happening and like okay why why am i doing this and then you think what was i doing like what was i thinking mm -hmm. but sometimes you have subconscious thoughts and they're the cause of that but we don't even realize we're having those thoughts for me actually one thing i realized is Netflix was the big, big trigger because I always had a lot of problems with my body because I also had an eating disorder on top of trichotillomania. Um, and seeing all these TV shows with all of these super hot women, like super skinny, like, you know, I realized that I was having these thoughts about my body and I was really, and I was pulling my eyelashes while watching TV and I was like, but why I'm so relaxed right now? I'm just chilling, like. Mm -hmm. So it's important to recognize those triggers um, and then reclaim your body, really go back into your body, breathe. And by doing so, you feel, okay, like I'm safe, you know, it's mm -hmm. fine. Um, yeah, so this is definitely the, the quickest thing, the stretching and, and just breathing deeply in from the nose and out from the nose and just the basic one. For everyone who's watching, can you tell us like your schedule and how to book a class with you? Yes, of course. So I teach, um, I teach a lot of classes, but some of the classes are private. So I don't have like a schedule uh, with this with the studio because everything is closed. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I teach this BFRB class on Tuesdays at um, eight fifteen p.m. Uh, GMT. So I think. Where are you exactly in the US? I'm in Florida. Okay, so you're five hours behind, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think like New York, it's four or three hours. So it's like mid afternoon. So I know it's not a very convenient time for, you know, if people are working. Um, but, you know, if, if they want to get like one on one coaching, well, not coaching, like one on one classes, like they can just contact me on Instagram, like I'm very easygoing. And um, you know, we can just have a chat. As I said, I'm not like a therapist or a doctor or anything. I just, you know, share my pride. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I have obviously I'm a qualified yoga teacher and I have a certification in yoga therapy for anxiety and I study my own personal life, which I think is always the greatest source of <laughs> information in a way. Uh, but just, just contact me on Instagram and, you know, they can tell me what they're looking for and we can take it from there. So it's very, very easy. Wonderful. And before we wrap up, I want to ask you, you know, for, for people who are watching or for anyone who watches this in the future, what is, you know, some advice that you would give someone who maybe just started pulling or is still struggling with that self-acceptance? Uh, so in hindsight, <laughs> now I would say talk about it, which is, can be really daunting and scary, but talk about it with a trusted friend. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, talking about it with parents can be a bit sometimes 
I don't know, because maybe a parent will try to kind of like fix it in a way, which is good. Mm -hmm. But you just might want to talk about it for just to get it off your chest. Um, so find a trusted friend or even open an Instagram profile, you know, for people who don't know you and just talk about it or write a blog. Um, I don't know, go on the street and yell it to strangers. I don't know. <laughs> but really, the, the action of of speaking it like of actually saying it out loud you know having these frequencies come out of our body mm -hmm. it's just amazing and um, the second thing is as i said really really like work on introspection try to i actually had a journal where i where i started writing down like okay what was i doing like when mm -hmm. when i was when i was pulling like what what was happening because we, so many things go through our mind and so many emotions are stored in our body that we don't know about. And once you really start the journey of looking into yourself, take five minutes in the morning when you get up and sit down and just breathe or before going to bed or wherever you, whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And really think like, observe what comes up in your mind. Because when you are when you're just sitting and you're not doing anything things will come up in your mind and you'll be like what i didn't know <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah the practice of introspection really observing what's happening with you is it's really powerful and it will give you insights on why why you're doing what you're doing it, it, it's gonna take years or maybe not maybe for someone it's gonna take a month and they're gonna be like yay <laughs> that's great i hope so mm -hmm. but it, it depends, but it is a long journey, but I, you know, and I think at the end of the day, the goal is not to be pulled free because realistically speaking for me, I don't want to sound negative, but I don't know if I could ever be pulled free. But no. I think that really important is to kind of like be able to accept and kind of like take it down a notch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so just be like, you know, compassionate with ourselves and and understand why you know I feel like by understanding we can kind of regain some power back and kind of like make sense of what happens so I feel like that's even more important than just being so strict about no I'm not gonna pull mm -hmm. without actually doing the work of, of why you want to pull so yeah that's it I think. well this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining and, you know, giving us your insight. Um, and I can't wait to speak to you again soon. No, thank you so much, Barbara. This was really amazing. Like, I love what you're doing and I think it's great. And I was actually buying your book today. <laughs> so I'm going to buy it soon and I'm super excited. And really, thank you so much for this opportunity of talking to you. Thank you. See you soon. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.